and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And we have a special guest with us again this week. And for, for all the weeks. So, so we enjoyed having our sister Taylor on the show so much last week. Hey, yeah. everybody. <laughs> and we back. think you enjoyed it too. So she's back. Woo! Woo! Welcome, Taylor. Yay. Uh, happy to be here. And it was super cool to see everybody's like awesome, positive response to uh, having me along for the ride. So thanks, everybody. You're great. Well, Taylor, you're great. Yeah. Hey, we're all great. Let's all be great today. Let's just all great. be great. Hey, you listening at home, you're great too. Yeah, you And are. your hair looks fantastic today. That outfit you're wearing, it's nice. Yeah. Looks great. Have you lost weight? Because you look like you've lost weight. You look like you have. I'm really good. I'm very good. You're just looking really good. You look so, really good today. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, now that we've won you over with our charm, <laughs> now we're going to affront you with our brains. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not any courtship ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, last week we really enjoyed talking about our our shared nerdiness, mm-hmm. and I thought this week uh, one aspect of that that we really didn't delve much into is uh, our love of books. Yeah, and so, so cool. I know that not only do we all three just like reading, and right. we all you know enjoy reading as as a lot of people do. I don't know that that's a smurl. Yeah, do you need? <laughs> We're the only people in the world that love. I to do read. this crazy thing. It's called reading a book. <laughs> the Smurl family is known throughout the generations <laughs> for loving reading books. Yeah. <laughs> no one else had ever done this before. The end of this line of 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 this family will be the end of people who read for always. <laughs> the publishers are hoping that <laughs> we start giving birth to some males at some point <laughs> in our bloodline. The bloodline of the book readers. <laughs> either that or i just you girls do better than me and don't change your name um no i'm kidding uh (laughs) (laughs) but that aside ouch justin no i'm joking um i really am i really am i love i love i love both my smurl heritage and my everything's fine it's okay everything's fine fine? no don't worry don't feel bad (laughs) i don't want to hurt his feelings (laughs) I think he listens. I think he likes the show. <laughs> does he listen to the show? He does. Oh, no. He does. No, I, I, I hear him sometimes doing it because then I have to run into another room because I can't hear my voice because mm, it freaks like me out. Like my mom listens to our show. I'm like, ah, yeah. stop. I'm glad everybody has that response. I I listened to the last one a little well, more than a little drunk, and that was that was about what I could handle. <laughs> <laughs> but. Not only do we all in, enjoy reading books, but I think that there are certain aspects of like different book series and, and different authors that generationally you can kind of attach to mm-hmm. and they can help like define teenagers from that decade or that, you know, whatever that time period. Um, and then I think so I thought that was something we could talk about. And then also just, you know, Riley, you're in high school. Yes. 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 <laughs> Correct. Correct. I One think, point for Sydney. I think that's where you go all day. Ten points for Gryffindor. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> is Sydney, is so, Sydney Gryffindor? Is that right? Yeah. Aren't you? Well, okay. So you would think, of this course, we're hard. referencing this the, is hard the Harry to know Potter about series. Yourself. The the for for the two people who are going, what is a Gryffindor? We're, we're talking about <laughs> Harry Potter right now. <laughs> 
Um, I keep taking those quizzes and they keep putting me in Gryffindor and I keep thinking I should be a Ravenclaw. I am a Ravenclaw. I assumed I was. Taylor, are you are you I a like, Gryffindor? Are you a Ravenclaw? What are you? Uh I, I think I like I like to front sometimes, like a Slytherin, but I'm uh I'm one or the other. I'm probably more Ravenclaw than anything. Woohoo. So is Slytherin cool then? Is that like the right? Cool it's like you're like a like a I don't know. You're all dangerous and dark and I might like dress that way and maybe be perceived that way. And then I'm actually maybe like maybe there's even more Hufflepuff in me than I than I would like to admit. You know? <laughs> so, wait, so like Hard Slytherin or sort exterior of with a soft Hufflepuff inside. <laughs> so Slytherin are sort of like the T birds. Is that, <laughs> is that what we're that's what we're drawing the or the pink ladies? Like yeah. Slytherin is the cool let's, like, let's define our Harry Potterness with grease, because these are things <laughs> that are cool. So like does that mean Ravenclaws are like the Patty Simcoxes and the Eugenes oh of of this Grease Harry I, Potter? This is a dark road we're universe. on, everybody. This is a dark, dark road. Well, where do I fall? If I'm the Gryffindors, am I? I don't know. I'm no. I'm Tom. I'm the football like player the she dates. Yeah, <laughs> the Sandy dates briefly. Oh. Who never talks? Like the jocks and the cheerleaders. There's Sydney. <laughs> oh no, that's not true. <laughs> no, that's okay, more passionate but... than that. You're totally like a Sandy. Come on. Oh, thanks. So Sandy was a Gryffindor. Thank you for joining us on <laughs> our Grease Harry Potter mashup podcast. And now you know Sandy was and a Gryffindor. Take comfort in knowing that out there in the internets, there is that fan fiction. Grease <laughs> Harry Potter mashup. I'm going to try to find it later what? and I'm going to hate myself for Somebody is typing it into their keyboard right now. Very what quickly. Where is this? Where is this? <laughs> now we're just talking about Grease characters in a Harry Potter world. This is Taylor's fault. <laughs> what happens when I get involved? We needed this kind of fancy on our podcast. This is what we, this <laughs> exactly. what we were missing. So, okay, that, that brings us into Harry Potter, which I think is one of those unique kind of cross-generational book series that... I, you know, I enjoyed, I read for the first time, um, I didn't get into them right before I started, until right before I started medical school. So mm -hmm. I was obviously past my teen years. Um, a lot of people read them as teenagers, but adults are into them. So I think it's like all three of us can connect somewhat yeah. to the Harry Potter world. Yeah. Um, and some book series are rare in that they can do that. You know, they just kind of defy time. I, mm -hmm. I would say people would compare that to like Lord of the Rings trilogy has done that, you know. Mm. I've never read that oh. or seen it. You would probably enjoy it. Yeah, you would. Is it like oh, Harry right. Potter? I mean, it's like it's fantasy. So is there is Harry Potter in it? There's like magic. <laughs> no, I mean, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter is not a character in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> book. That's the question that you're posing? No. Oh. Uh, Tolkien did not predict that someday <laughs> the Harry Potter books would be written in Lord of the Rings. But. Oh, wait, what if it's all the same world? Whoa, but what if it is? But also Greece. <laughs> also Greece. And also that's out there somewhere on the internet too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought though we should start before we talk, I want to talk more about books like this that we were all that we have all enjoyed, and especially books that have kind of typified different generations. But um one thing, as I was mentioning, Riley, you're in high school, mm -hmm. and so you're probably assigned reading now. Yes. And I know that was something that we Taylor, I'm sure you two were assigned reading in, in English classes in high school. Mm. And it was always, uh, it, 
supposed to be, I think, a very arduous experience. I felt like it was like, here is your summer reading. Here are the four books that you're going to know you should be reading all summer long, but put off until a week before school starts and then stay up all night every night trying frantically to get through these books. Sounds about right. Is that about, is that, was that everyone's experience? You would never use cliff notes though. No, no, that would, no, that would be wrong. See, our teachers at this point have evolved. Now they're just taking the, <laughs> the the quiz that we take like the second or third day of school is the test that you can take on Spark Notes to see if you know the book. Oh. Well then, are you going to read this the roots? Is this the game we play? Like, we know you're not going to read the books. We're not going to yeah. put any work into giving you a no, test. No, I really think that's what we're going to make sure you read the Spark Notes. Yeah. That's actually creepy. That's like that's that's a, that sort of Orwellian simplifi- simplification of thought, uh, simplification of language thing. Like, are we at the point now where nobody reads classic <laughs> literature? They just read the Cliff Notes. I mean, that's I, what I did for my summary. Oh, you no. know what's weird though is that I, I, of course, I always liked reading, and there were books that I was forced to read that. I either read before or after I was like the time period in which I was forced to read them. And I super enjoyed them. Like for instance, cry the beloved country was something Mm. that I was assigned Mm -hmm. to read and I had read it already and loved it. Now, when I had to read it again for class, I again, put it off to the last minute and barely made it through. Um, Same thing. Catcher in the rye was a book that I read probably too young. I read it in like sixth grade and it changed my whole view on life. Like I came out of it really kind of moody and cynical and questioning all the adults in my life. Um, and uh-huh. I, and it meant a lot to me, but when I read it as, you know, when I was assigned that book later on in school, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, really, really? I have to do summer reading. And I knew I liked it. Like I knew it was tried and true. I knew it was a book I liked. I don't right. know why I was dreading it. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I feel like, those, I, I can't. I'm trying to think back of like one unpleasant summer reading experience I had, but I kind of dug all the books and they were way different, you know, genres and, and, and styles. But, you know, like I'm trying to think of like I loved Of Mice and Men, uh, The Poisonwood Bible. Ooh, I like that book. I read in high school. That was an amazing book. Like I, I remember really digging most of the books I was assigned. Maybe I just got super cool teachers. A separate piece. I loved a separate piece. You, so you were never forced to read Nathaniel Hawthorne as well. <laughs> nope. No, no, no House of the Seven Gables for you. I I think I, I tried once based on your horror in response to it, just to see what it was like, just to just to walk in your your horrible, horrible run on sentence shoes. You assume that since I didn't like it, you, of course, would like it. Well, that's so you true read it and you realize, <laughs> wait a second, Sydney was right. There's a character in this book named Hepzibah Pension. I bet I don't <laughs> like it. I bet it is bad. <laughs> Like I, I, I think, like enjoying Nathaniel Hawthorne borders on self harm. Like that's, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was definitely. I, I will say that it's fair to say that was the worst of my summer reading experiences. Not all of them were that bad. I had to read The World According to Garp, which was a great book. You know, it was oh, a book was I really enjoyed. Book. And then was a movie that you know. And I mean, I was assigned Divergent this summer before my freshman year of high school, and I loved that book. And I read it before then. But I didn't read it that summer. I didn't. I mean, I'd read yeah. it like a year earlier. I was going to say that's now. See, I think that's a very modern choice. I feel like a lot of the books that I was assigned in summer reading and in high school reading were older books, like the classics. Like these mm-hmm. are the books see, you're supposed to read now at this point in your yeah. life. Not that that's always bad. I'm not saying that like 
necessarily just because it's a classic, it's bad. No, some of them are quite good. But I, I never felt there were a lot of modern choices. Well, we had two books to read that summer. One of them was Divergent. I was like, oh, yeah, I love Divergent. I'm going to do this PowerPoint and love this book. And the other one was Animal Farm. Animal which Farm is, is classic. Great. Yeah. I did not like Animal oh, Farm. Maybe cool. it was because I read it when I was forced to read it. Maybe uh, so. Which made it made me hate it. <laughs> I read it in gym class instead of participating in gym class. <laughs> Because the teacher didn't care, so I sat in the corner and read Animal Farm. I got actually that was the same year I got the presidential award for physical fitness. <laughs> I'm not sure I did that. Did you just draw your name out of a hat. <laughs> I, I think that gym teacher had some issues, like the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and Sorry. it was put there by magic. <laughs> I'm a wizard. What? <laughs> Don't tell. She anybody. really is a Gryffindor. Did you have to? So we didn't have to write. Okay, now you take a test. You said you take a test on the book. Yeah. We had to journal books, which we meant have to do each, both. Okay, you still have to journal the books. Did, Did you, you like have to, do double entry journals? Where you write? No, I don't you know. Like write a quote or a passage from the book based on the topic they give you in one column, and the other side you write your response to it. So what sort of it was the same idea you had to kind of summarize what it was about though mm-hmm. like each each entry for us had to be a, a quick summary of what it was about and what we think of that how mm-hmm. we're feeling or how we're responding to it mm-hmm. was that the Taylor did you have that same experience yeah I remember there were journals and then we also did like a presentation uh on one of the books which I it's always very fun you got to make like dioramas and get your get your sculpey out go to Michael's get some craft supplies that was fun for me that Didn't was fun for me. Love it. No, that's fun. <laughs> I think that's fun. I always I, love doing. I think that's great. I had to do a diorama on um, the old man in the sea once, and I ah. was a blast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear that? It was a I blast. Wish, I, just, I, I, uh, I wish I could high five you from nine hours away. <laughs> I got to make a board game about West Virginia history in eighth grade. Yeah, you did. It was a cool one. It was great. I came up with rules, made cards, made little characters, made a board that was like the size of like a big poster board. It was great. Did anybody else really enjoy reading out loud in class? Like the ones that, you know, you'd have some of the books in your, in your like English book, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and some of them, it was usually with uh, plays. Like usually it was like if we were reading Shakespeare or something. Like when we had to read Romeo and Juliet. And you would be assigned a part and have to read aloud. And then sometimes you just read a passage from one of, I really enjoyed reading aloud in class. I I loved when I would get called on to do that. I hate doing it now. I hate (laughs) reading out loud. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Riley on this. Like, I, I was such a weird, shy kid. Like, it, it, when I would get called on to reading glass, it's like my voice would evaporate. There was just, there was no sound. There was just awkward squeaks. And yeah. It was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst. No, I relate. The only, the only thing I would do is I would scan whatever, if I knew, especially if I, it was like a, a play we were reading. And mm-hmm. so I knew what character. And so I would, I knew what lines I would have to read. I would try to scan ahead for any words I wasn't sure how to pronounce because I found that one, one problem with reading a lot but maybe not talking as much when you're a younger person like i didn't i didn't necessarily have a lot of people to talk to at school so you didn't have friends but no i didn't i didn't say i didn't have any friends i was sydney's friend like her whole life that's true i had tay (laughs) your Your sister sister. okay go on (laughs) but one one problem with that and you never corrected my pronunciation much if i was saying stuff wrong that's true 
is that sometimes you know what a word means, so you know how to use it appropriately, but you don't necessarily know how it's pronounced. Yeah. You know, to be fair, some of these things, uh, they were you, no one was correcting you on purpose. I, I think I've heard some stories of some cute words that you said wrong as a kid and mom just let it go because it was cute. I used to call my teachers that were that were uh, <laughs> female Misra's instead of MRS period Mrs. I thought it was Misra's because I don't know, there's an R in there. <laughs> and my parents let me call teachers Misra's until fifth grade. Because it was adorable. Sydney. <laughs> fifth grade. Did my- you not like hear the other kids and catch on like, oh, okay, gotcha. Apparently I didn't pay very good attention <laughs> to other people <laughs> in school. I knew that like the, I was good at the work, just like the people around me, not so good. <laughs> I feel like after like a few weeks, you'd have been like, oh, they're all calling her Mrs. Maybe I should change the way I'm saying it. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I was the kind of kid who would assume I was right when everybody else was wrong. So I, I have to assume I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I want to believe that. No, because you are the kind of kid that people will assume were right and they were wrong. So I want to think that there may be like some weird like cast off people <laughs> that also started using misers. Like, Sydney's really smart. She gets really good grades. This is the word she's saying. Oh, maybe that's the word. Maybe that's the word. I, I don't I hope there were. I don't remember, but I'm, let's say there were. Sure. <laughs> a little domino whole, effect of that. A whole crowd of kids who were saying misers Sydney had like a fan club. It was like, oh, she's saying misers. Oh my gosh, guys, this is changing the game. We've been saying it wrong our whole lives. <laughs> I'm so glad Sydney's here to tell us. Well, she didn't tell us because she doesn't talk to anybody, but she I'm so talk glad. To anyone. The only time she talks is when she reads out loud in class. She does it with like a lot of, did you notice how excited she seems? She's oh. like, gets really into it. She does accents. She's oh, really no. passionate about it. Oh, no. <laughs> I got really into it. I would like try to read with expression. It was an oration. You know, it was powerful. Like these words are meant to move people. No. I was trying to give that to the class. Nobody. See, I'm the opposite. Alone, just I'm just like, gotta get through it. Gonna speak loud enough so the teacher can hear me. Not speak too loud. Not put any expression in, but just read it and get through with it. Oh, man. It was all I could do not to stop other kids and go, here, let me. Hold on. I got this. I got this for you. I could do this really now, well. I, I could really. Like that whenever someone starts reading, but they're reading super slow or like mispronouncing every word, I just want to be like, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Just speed up a little bit. And also, this is how you say that. And that's how you say that. See, this. they might just read a lot. And maybe that's why they mispronounce all the words. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, I, now, I, to this day, I take Japanese classes. And sometimes we have to read aloud. And mm-hmm. it, I am I am a 30-year-old woman. When my Japanese teacher calls on me to read something out loud, I'm just like, I practice it in my head beforehand. I like read the two sentences that she might ask me to read like 50 times. Just like, just in case I'm ready. Oh, God, I'm not ready. I'm never ready for this. See, that's why I went into academic medicine. So not only do I get to talk to my patients, but I have students and residents who absolutely have to listen to me. It's their job. Like they Everyone have to sit to and listen, listen to, to me. Talk. <laughs> you have to listen to me talk. I'm going to read you about medicine. I'm going to do PowerPoints. You're just going to have to sit down, be quiet and listen while I talk. Sorry. It's the difference between Cindy and Taylor and I. <laughs> now, in addition to the books that we were forced to read, uh, there were a lot of books that I probably just enjoyed more because I was picking them myself. Right. Mm. Um, uh, one, ge- you know, like sort of generational specific book series that I was very much into was the Babysitter's Club. I love the Babysitter's Club books. I had so many of them. I especially loved any that were about Marianne because she was like the kind of quiet bookish one. <laughs> 
who I always related to her more than the others. So you read some babysitters yeah, clubs. I inherited know. your collection. You had a collection of Archie's and a collection of babysitters club. And when I moved into your room, I got those books. And <laughs> and you'll notice that I had because they each book focused on a different member of the babysitters mm-hmm. club, which are just a group of uh, young women who had a club where they babysat and they. Like literally the name of the that series. Was it. I mean, that was it. And they were friends and they were all very different. And I, I thought it was cool because Marianne hung out with these girls who were kind of cast as if they were like cooler than her. Like they were all into mm-hmm. the cool stuff, sports and and fashion and art. And she got to hang out with them. <laughs> that was books. a short list of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you said sports and fashion and art and stuff. <laughs> Also, she got she was the only one who had like a steady boyfriend um, and he his name was Logan and he had a southern accent. And I thought, you know, if if there's hope for Mary Ann, there's hope for Sydney. Ann. There's hope for Sydney. Ann. Oh, no. Can I get that on that a T-shirt, please? <laughs> I had to believe. Oh, no. That was a really important book series to me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Man, I see. I, I never read any of those. Like you, what were, re- were you reading, Tay? I, I like because because you were all, you read like the Nancy Drew books too, right? Oh, I love the Nancy Drew books. Nancy Drew was so plucky and brave and smart. And she just needs to write book descriptions. <laughs> she also solved mysteries and she was very confident in situations that I would feel very uncomfortable in, like pretending to be people to detect things, mm-hmm. which I would be very bad at. And uh, she had a boyfriend <laughs> named Ned Nickerson and she drove a blue convertible and she had a beautiful strawberry blonde hair. This was all described. These were described in every every book. Like everyone in the series talked about her beautiful strawberry blonde hair and her blue car, uh-huh. and, and Ned Nickerson. See, see you. you so you you were about the uh, plucky teens. Uh, I I was more about like the the abject body horror that probably you shouldn't be reading at a young age, but did. Um, what the series in particular I'm thinking of, and I know you saw these. We would chase each other around the house with the illustrations because they were so terrifying. The scary stories to tell in the dark. Like yes. nothing that any child should have ever been exposed to. But I'm also super glad I was because I think it made those books affected me to the point that I'm the person I am today. Those I agree with you completely. Riley, have you read any of these scary stories? Oh, yeah. I mean, I got your Babysitter's Club books and your Archie's books, but I also got those. You also got those? Yeah. So you know I hate them. The, the horror that is. Don't worry. I stole them back the last time I was visiting home. <laughs> Good. Now they're not in my house anymore. <laughs> I went looking for them recently because I thought they were somewhere because I, mo- I have a lot of our books mm-hmm. here and in our house. We have a lot of books and I couldn't find them. So now I know where they are. Taylor has them. Uh, the illustrations to that w- were terrible. They were very scary uh, stories. Uh, They're very scary now. stories. One of the scariest uh, images was this woman with this like skeletal dead face. I don't even mm. know how to describe. Yeah. Zombie-like. W- w- I don't know. But this- it was horrifying. And it was all like black and white pencil drawing. So it wasn't like gory. No. It was just upsetting. But, but the like, black and white pencil almost made it worse. And, and uh, you know, that that image was terrifying. But th- this, it was St- Stephen Gimmel, was the artist. Uh, he, he There's one that was just the illustration. It's just a horse. It's just a horse. And that horse is terrifying. It's a scary horse. I remember horse, the horse. It's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> there was one of those stories in that book 
which I, I remember there was a scarecrow out in a field and there were oh, people inside a house and they kept hearing noises and Finally, somebody went out to check it out and they didn't come back. And the next morning, the other guy goes out of the house and he sees this scarecrow. Scare, it's just a scarecrow running. That's the way it's d- written. Running back and forth across the roof. And it was like a tin roof so he could hear it all night. Over the stretched out drying skin of his friend stretched out on the roof. And that to this day, I still, when I close my eyes at night, sometimes <laughs> I think about that. Just the can't idea sleep. of the scarecrow running without the skin, without no, the roof. No, no. Right? Running. Just that. Scarecrow Just running. That's awful. But that's a, like, so those books, I think, I, I believe I heard this, they, they have been re released, or maybe they are going to, with different illustrations, um, specifically because of the terrifying quality of those drawings. Uh, not that the stories weren't also really, really messed up, but yeah. I've had two ways about this. Like one is that, yes, no, no, they're for nine and up. That's what they're marketed as. No nine-year-olds should nope. see those images, but at the same time, like maybe staring into the void of horror at a young age is good for you. <laughs> it's like when you, you get chicken pox young, it's a lot better. <laughs> it prepares you for the rest of life. Yeah. You, you, you know, you get it out of your system. Well, certainly they weren't the only um, scary books that were intended for kids because Goosebumps. Was. Oh, Goosebumps were I fantastic. Goosebumps. Yeah. So you, so Goosebumps has spanned all of our generations mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. There were some. There were some great Goosebumps books. Well, they made movies or like there was a, TV yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. TV episodes. That's what it was. And they made TV episodes out of like some of the books. And I remember the teachers like the last few weeks of school would be like, eh. This is from literature. Let's watch some Goosebumps. <laughs> I was in like, I was like in third grade, like ten years old, terrified the whole time because it was just like Night of the Living Dummy and the Ooh. the Blob and the one where they're in a the little boy's prison or something and they're trying to break out. I don't know what that one's called, but do you do you remember I that don't one? Remember that one. The Night of the Living Dummy, though that that one scared me because well, that one's terrifying. It combines two classic horror elements ventriloquist dummies which and and that book didn't have one it had two two dummies like that's already enough and -hmm. then they also made a pretty creepy employment of twins which i think throughout the horror (laughs) genre have been used quite terrifyingly like yeah (laughs) you're a twin i'm not trying to insult you (laughs) no that that's very true though that must it must suck though on some level like i always kind of envied twins because i thought like you got this like buddy for life your twin yeah you know who like gets you life buddy and that but like to have that kind of stigma it must be hard to be like but also sometimes i'm used in books and movies specifically for scary effect yeah that's yeah. not fair <laughs> well that's what like twins get kind of two castings it's like yeah twins are like oh no twins and that's not or, that's not fair <laughs> that must be really hard to be a twin if those are the two reactions people have to you in your life like that's not that's or, not fair they're either like hey or they're like Whoa, hey. <laughs> or you could be like I was when I was like seven and watching The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan and be oh. like, man, I want a twin. I mean, I wouldn't say that's the most positive representation of twins. See, that's how the, the one girl, and it's also Lindsay Lohan. But hey, the Olsen's killing it yeah. all now, the time. You know, Riley, you know that Lindsay Lohan does not have a twin. There's what? only one Lindsay Lohan. You know that The Parent Trap movie is just one. How did they do it? <laughs> uh 
wizards. Magic <laughs> of the Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Parrot Trap. Harry Potter is in everything. It all connects. This universe just keeps getting bigger, guys. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter with Grace and the Lord of the Rings. And how do we tie this the Parrot Trap? Because then it's everything. <laughs> we'll find it by the end of it'll, this episode. It'll be there. <laughs> I feel sure. I feel sure we can get there. Uh, another series, Taylor, I think we both uh, enjoyed was, do you remember Sideways Stories from Wayside School? Oh, those were so much fun. Those were so weird. They were incredibly weird. They were they were kind of bizarre, surreal stories for the time period and the age they were intended for. It was really cool. Really cool stuff. Like, I always remember the one girl, one of the stories that sticks out to me was, uh, which were, they were just a bunch of kind of odd kids in this kind of odd school where weird things happened. Right. I, I don't think it needs much more. And each each it's, kid had like their own thing. It's basically fair. Yeah. And and one, I remember Jenny, who was always late to school and she rode a motorcycle or got to school on a motorcycle or something. And one she day she came cool. to school. Yes. And one day she came to school on a Saturday because she didn't know what day it was. It was an accident. And for some reason, there were these guys with like briefcases who like just quietly escorted her back home. And that always stuck with me. Like, <laughs> what is the creepy thing that they're doing at school on Saturday? Oh, no. <laughs> That we don't get to know about. <laughs> See, the one character I remember, maybe I related to in some way, was Sammy, who you find out is just a dead rat wearing several raincoats. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was your favorite character. <laughs> I think you don't get. To I'm choose hoping the you're one. not. I'm hoping not because it was like the one you connected to the most. <laughs> It's sometimes, you know, you're surrounded by all these young kids and they're just lively and full of youth. And on the inside, you're just a dead rat named Sammy. <laughs> and in the, those were the ones where, what was it, the 19th floor that didn't exist, except sometimes it did? Yeah. It was like a parallel universe. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to have to call Neil deGrasse Tyson on this one to see if it really, <laughs> if it stacks up in terms of quantum <laughs> physics. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know his life, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to say no, but, uh, you know. He's probably busy, right? I keep writing him all this fan mail and he never responds. Uh, yeah, I know you had such a deep love for Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who doesn't? He's just, he's so smart and he's funny and he narrated this thing that I saw. <laughs> the, <laughs> he narrated this thing about dark matter, this movie that I watched at like the, the one of the big 3D movies or at the planetarium or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was about dark matter and I didn't know that much about dark matter and dark energy and I'm just my mind was blown. He's really hey, changed no, wait my a minute. life. Dark energy? Like dark magic? Like he who shall not be named or <laughs> I, I don't think he who shall not be named is Harry Potter. <laughs> I think somebody else holds that that title. But no, he's in Harry Potter. Oh, I said it. Sydney. Sorry. You're you're done. Get off the <laughs> oh, show. I'm done. I'm sorry. What what now? One, one style of book that I really liked, and I don't Riley, do you guys still have choose your own adventure books? I have never read them. Or seen them recently, but I remember being read one in middle school. Like my teacher was like, "Okay, we'll take a vote on like, do you want to do this or want to do this?" And it was about a race car. Huh. All right. <laughs> cool. Okay, because those were some of my favorite books when I was a kid. Um, they were like novels written in second person. You know, like you you went on your quest and you turn to page five if you choose this, turn to page ten if you choose this. But uh, am I the only one that felt like those books just, no matter what you chose, you just died horribly? It's like 
You find a treasure chest. You open it. It's full of spiders. You're dead. <laughs> Do you ignore the treasure chest and run to safety? You're attacked by a three-headed crocodile and you're dead. Like that's how <laughs> it always worked out for me. See, yes, I think that if I if I went through them, that it is it's easy for you to make the wrong choice and die in those books. But I always wanted to do them right. So oh, I would look ahead so I could make sure and make all the right choices so that I could. One of those people. Survive That's... to the end and win it. But like see, I wanted to win the book. You're, you're missing the bigger lesson that those books instructed. Like that's, 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 that's cheating and you don't get that option in life. That's, that's, you choose your own adventure. We all die in the end. That's, that's the thing you're Whoa. supposed to, that's the takeaway. Oh. Also spiders are Whoa. awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, See, that. I think that sometimes you just, you know, given the option, flip to the end and figure out how you get there. <laughs> Do no, it backwards. That's no, my motto. <laughs> there's no doing backwards in life. Now, Riley, I feel like now, currently, as far as books that like teenagers are reading at the at the moment, yes, there is a lot of you mentioned like Divergent books mm-hmm. like that that are sort of like dystopian future books. Yeah. Why is that so popular? I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's like, a weird, it's a weird offshoot of like fantasy because there, I mean, obviously Harry Potter was really popular and then there were like the Twilight books, which were, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, vampire romance books, but were also like, you are, know, are you guys like fantasy. Team, team yeah. Glitter Vamp or Team Muscle Wolf? Team Edward. I don't know who that is. Jacob. Get I don't out. Know who that is. Team Jacob all the strike, way. I'm Muscle Wolf and she's Glitter Vamp. Glitter Vamp. <laughs> team Steve Buscemi. Can I be Team Steve Buscemi? <laughs> that's, I am. That's your choice? I am. That's my choice. Of all guys. Of all. Of all of them. Got it. He's not in the books? All, he should be in the books. All the hot people and you choose Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I don't know the that would have been. once, what it wants. <laughs> Wait, what's his name then? Like if Muscle Wolf and Glitter Vamp, what's his... uh? His team name. Weepy Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you go for? I'm just I'm just very confused. We're we're still in the same world where like there's John Hamm and Scarlett Johansson and like that and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> you know what? Hey, hey, no. For real though, parting glances, young Steve Buscemi. Oh, just 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 check him out. That's a that's a letter. <laughs> So, Riley, tell us why teenagers are so obsessed with a horrible future in which they are classified by some strange facet of their personality and then have to, like, jump over buildings and run a lot and fight things. You know, I feel like that part of it where you're, like, categorized is mostly because, like, every time anyone reads those books, it's like, which one am I? Oh, I want to be this one. Mm, This one. Like, oh, I want to be Gryffindor. Mm, But I'm Ravenclaw. It's like, you know, like, uh, but I'm Ravenclaw. I wanted to be Dauntless, but mm, I'm erudite. Mm, I'm Amity. I'm not divergent. I'm just one or the other. But I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe it's like, <laughs> look at what these teens can do. Look at what these cool teens, just like you, can do. You just want to be like these cool teens? Who- like, look what Katniss did. She saved, she saved the world. She saved the country, and she is 18. I mean, I... Is this yes. not like like maybe like a subconscious undercurrent that all of, like your generation is experiencing? Where like the end of the world is is maybe possible. So let's start. Uh, let's start I think so. through what we're gonna do with that. I mean, oh, there isn't there like at least ten days every year where someone's like, "It's the end of the world." 
Well, we that's got hey, hey, we that's got global true. warming. So this is just we like your Trump on generations ticket. Oops, don't not making it political. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this is. But you're right, though. This is like every generation has like their own kind of like doomsday theory or prediction. Mm-hmm. Like the world is coming to an end. So like. Who wrote Hunger Games? Susan Collins mm-hmm. is like your generation's Nostradamus. Is that is that kind of what we're getting at? I don't know who that is. Like sure. predicting the end of the world and well, and you, yeah, you, you find this stuff a lot in horror when you look at like like the the, the time when sort of the the um, Romero zombies came about. They were sort of a symbolism for uh, sort of the mass consumerist society that was taking hold. Like our our I think our fears reflect our sort of like we find ways to represent them in in literature and in, in film but they sort of harken back to our underlying uh, i guess the 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 thing that we're all terrified of in our generation and so something no that's true and the, and that's interesting though because you know you look throughout literature and you've got books like 1984 and a brave new world which same idea like looking forward at the future mm-hmm. and thinking about like a dystopian world that could exist someday that isn't like the world we live in now and that and it was those were fueled by fears of political extremes at the time. And I wonder if now we've got more and more people who are appealing, more and more authors who are appealing to youth by using, oh, that's having so these same sort of scenarios, but using teenagers yeah, instead. Just mm-hmm. throw some sexy teens in and then they're going to teach you that lesson, but also <laughs> yeah. abs. Yes. I mean, think about how different those stories would be if like, instead of like Katniss and Gail and Peta, who are like 17, 18 years old, you had like I mean, old people. <laughs> what's wrong with old people well, nothing but like i i mean people my age wouldn't be as interested you know fair well know. okay that's oh, fair okay. that is a very good point no there you go yeah. they're tricking you yeah. they're tricking you into being aware of the yeah. larger problems in life with with sexy teens <laughs> all the abs all the and abs. i will have to say i also i also thoroughly enjoyed the hunger games books and the, i read the divergent, divergent books i think those are good and you've read a lot more of those because there are lots of those series out there you got me the Legend series for mm-hmm. Christmas. I like I those. Did. That was post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. The Match series. That one isn't about factions. That is just like crazy. <laughs> it's like there's this one person that they match you up with based on your personality test that you take. You have to be with that person forever and always. Ah, like the MTV series, Are You the One? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is an amazing reality TV show, yeah. by the way. It's great. You all. And if you have not seen it. Taylor. It no, is now what uh, Rachel, I, I have Rachel and Griffin are talking points. about it. <laughs> yes, Rachel and Griffin are talking about it on Rose Buddies now. Mm-hmm, our our family, Rachel and Griffin McElroy, on Rose Buddies, which was a Bachelor fan cast, but there's no Bachelor at the moment. So, right. So instead, they're talking about this reality dating show, and it is amazing. But same yeah. idea. Yeah. Computers match you up and try not to boink anybody else in the meantime. <laughs> and of course, I mean, since it has to be like a dramatic, <laughs> a dramatic teen book, the two people who are supposed to be together aren't meant to get aren't like in love, but instead sure. she's in love with someone who she's not supposed to be with. Hmm. Which like, which when you talk, when you bring it to that level, what's cool about that is you, you, you talk about somebody in love with somebody they're not supposed to be with. And now we're hearkening back to, you know, Greece. to <laughs> sure. Riley to Greece. That was the, that was the literary reference I was going to pull for two people mm. who are in love, who aren't supposed to be together. Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Also Shakespeare. <laughs> that was probably where I was going, but Greece works too, I guess. <laughs> this is, 
<laughs> you could have even gone West Side Story and it would have been better. We were talking about Grace earlier. She's the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> no, but it's true. But you're just, we're highlighting like those themes in literature and, you know, popular culture that pervade because they, they are, they, they are powerful, especially to teenagers where when you're a teen, I feel like you feel everything so intensely and so strongly because yeah, you haven't died it, inside yet. Embrace that. Okay. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Waka waka. You no, waka you don't die outside. <laughs> no, this is where this. Is, no, don't listen to don't listen to Taylor Riley. <laughs> oh. Or maybe no, I should actually no. Truly true. Totally true. Don't listen to me ever. No, no, you don't die inside. You just. I think as you get older, your your emotions are a little more tempered. Like you, you understand that you feel this way right now, but you can't fully express it because you, you know your lunch break is over and you've got to go back to the office or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Like you, you, it's kind of tempered by the reality of like, Oh, I'm really angry right now, but my, my daughter has a dirty diaper and then I've got to feed her some lunch. So I really don't have time to deal with this. Uh, I'll deal with this later. And as a teenager, I think you have the, you start to have all these adult feelings and emotions and things that will, you know, define us as humans, mm -hmm. but you have a lot more like freedom and, and latitude to express it and try to figure out what it means. Yeah. Well, and I, so, I think I even on the subject of books that a lot of the, cause, you know, a lot of the, the assigned reading, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not light reading. It's a lot of heavy stuff, but I think that's kind of a wonderful thing about reading, especially when you're a teen is it, it allows you to work through feelings that are maybe beyond what you've encountered or sort of prepares you for emotional roller coasters that you're nowhere close to boarding. <laughs> I think that's I think mm -hmm. that's very true that books allow you that kind of freedom to to feel those emotions and express those in a, in a safe way, mm -hmm. you know, um, and because there's so much that goes on in a book when I part of the reason I love reading books, uh, sometimes not always more than TV and movies and, and more, you know, uh, mediums that maybe take over all your senses a little bit more. Mm hmm. Uh, but part of the reason I like reading books is of how much you can put back into them, mm -hmm. like how much you give back to the book. Mm -hmm. Like as you're reading, there's so much that's going on in your head that adds to your experience of the book. And then later, after, after you walk away from the book and the time period between when you pick it back up again, you know, you're thinking about all these other things. And so when you go back to it, you've put all this other stuff into it that yeah. wasn't even part of the author's intent. And that makes it this whole new thing for you, as opposed to anybody else who's read it, it you know. It's an amazing experience. Yeah. A creative experience. Yeah. Do you all ever do that when you finish a series? Like, if it's, especially if it's like a lengthy series, like you finish it and then you're like, what are those characters up to right now? What's, what are their lives like? That's when you hit the old fan fiction boards, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes that's not very good. Uh, fair. I should actually, yeah. as, my, as my younger sister, I should never, ever, ever, ever tell you to go seek out fan fiction ever. <laughs> You gotta be really careful there. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm not saying. I think everybody, you know, if you love something and you want to write some fan fiction about it, you write it. You write whatever yeah. your oh, heart 100%. tells you to write about 100%. it, and you share it because I guarantee you, there's somebody else out there. Oh yeah, who's super happy also you into did that it. thing. Super there's happy. someone else once out there who wants to see that Grace Harry Potter crossover. Exactly. Someone else I out do. there has been Wait, waiting for it, is it not and me, wants to read it. All, I, all I'm saying is, Riley, you got to be careful because if it's not the thing you wanted to see or read or think about, sometimes you find it anyway and then it's too late. It's in your head forever. And then it's on me because I, I went to it. Yeah, you went there. <laughs> You're taking the blame for that yeah. personally at that point. <laughs> yeah. The internet will always go there. You don't have to follow. 
Now, that, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. No matter where it is, no matter where <laughs> that place is. Now, some of, I thought we should talk about some of our favorite books. Ooh. Yes. Um, before I, so start thinking about right now what your favorite book is, because you're going to have to commit. Oh, at that's the end. hard. Oh, that's so hard. Like just one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have one favorite. I mean, I have, I have lots of books I love, but I have one favorite, like I could say instantly is my top favorite book. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and start there. My favorite book is The Princess Bride, hands down. Mm, I yeah. love that book. That since, makes sense for um, you. Mm-hmm. Our Uncle Michael, Scampy Mike, who Scampy was a Mike. guest on our show, was the one who gave me The Princess Bride to read when I was, oh, I was probably a little bit younger than you, Riley, probably 13 or 14, mm-hmm. gave me that book to read and I fell in love with it and I have read it over and over again. I have like every edition that exists. Uh, there is one chapter of what was supposed to be the follow-up book, Buttercup's Baby, mm-hmm. in one of the editions and there's never been that book, like that book doesn't exist. I keep waiting. I know someday. Um, but I love that book. One That's day. my favorite book of all time. I, I also I also do love some other of my favorite books are The Stand by Stephen King. Love the stand. I've read it cover Te- to cover hey, many times. Team Stu, your team Stu. Oh, Stu all the way. Uh, Larry Stu Underwood. Redman. Larry Underwood. You're a Larry Underwood fan? Oh, maybe Nick Andros, but only if it's Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stu Redman for me all the way. Yeah, I, I know that um, about you. I sense that and- about you. But see, then it's a weird drop off for me because if you go past those two, then I get into like, I guess The Hot Zone is my next favorite book, which is just those a weird co- thing oh, to that say. that was great. No. The Cobra event. It's all, it's all what, Richard Preston? Yeah. Richard yeah. Preston books. I read all those Love books. Those. those books are great. And I should note, by the way, since I plugged The Princess Bride, it's by William Goldman and it's, a, well, it's in my opinion, the best book ever written. And if you haven't read it, stop listening Netflix. to our podcast. Yeah. The movie, of course, is, you know, quintessential viewing. It's like a cult classic, but mm-hmm. if you haven't read the book, you're missing out on this whole other aspect of it. So you should read it like immediately. All right. Somebody else go Taylor Riley. Taylor me. All right. Descending age order. Taylor, you're next. Uh, all right. Um, favorite books. Uh, well, I mean, see, I'm a, I'm a comic nerd and I, I love comic books. My, my favorite thing. And I, I think it's, it's preacher, the series, um, and I know that's a comic, not a book, but it's so good. It's like the every every kind of character I want, every kind of, you know, the most beautiful, like, roving across American narrative, like, Preacher's Amazing, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, such a, such a solid comic book. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, uh, hmm. You can pick a comic book. It can be your favorite book. It's okay. Well, no, no, I like, you know what, one of, uh, outside of that completely opposite direction, uh, Please Kill Me by Legs McNeil, which is a, uh, an autobiography of the 70s punk scene in New York, is such a good book. It's so cool. It's one of the books that unfortunately made me want to move to New York, uh, apart from the fact that that scene no longer existed here, but it still was like it's so influential and like, this is cool. This is where I want to be. That book is amazing. And then, and on Stephen King, um, I, my favorite Stephen King book was The Dance Macabre, which is actually his book just about writing and about horror and about like the, you know, how to, how to make people terrified, like how to write, how to, how to create characters, which is an amazing book. Those are probably cooler choices than mine. So those are good picks. That's not true. I like every book that you picked. (laughs) All right, Riley. 
All right. I thought long and hard about this. The whole time you all were talking, I was really listening. I was just thinking about my favorite books. <laughs> good. good. That, uh, ma- that makes for a really good listening experience for those people at home. <laughs> um, if you want to listen to that's fine. Can, can I have a favorite series and a favorite book? Go for it. Okay. So my favorite series is definitely the Infernal Devices series by Cassandra Clare, which is amazing. It's my favorite books of all time. Uh, Are those about dystopian futures? No, it's actually about like the 1800s. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but also fantasy in the 1800s. Yeah, is that like, steampunk? like steampunk? Is there steampunk? Yeah, there, there is steampunk. Yeah. I love some steampunk. Um, All you people that do the steampunk, it's just cool. It looks steampunk. great. It's so hot right now. Steampunk. It's, I mean, it's just like the, the whole idea behind it, but also the application. Like that is a, that is a that is high fashion to me, and I don't know fashion, but hey. That's what it feels like. <laughs> I do enjoy uh, employing the use of gears in fashion. Uh, not yeah. used enough. All right, um, Riley, what's your favorite book? My favorite book of all time, probably Looking for Alaska by John Green or An Abundance of Catherine's by John Green. Ah, uh, See, I knew we had to get some John Green in this podcast. One of those two. John Green is really hot with the teens now. Yeah, and not even a lot of my friends. Mostly just me. Really, really. Mostly just mostly. I thought the fault in our stars, though. That was yeah. I, I think that was more than just you. Yeah, no, that was like all all the people. My all, people. <laughs> all of the all people of like that. It seemed mm. very sad to me. Um, it was, but I will say, I was looking the other day. I don't even own a copy of that book. Really? I rented it, or no, I borrowed it from a friend. It's like, hey, I heard a lot of stuff about this book. I'm going to read it really fast. And I like skimmed through it because I knew what happened at the end. And then I saw the movie. Hmm. It was just so sad. It, You know, I avoided it because it did look very sad. Although, yeah. obviously, John Green, is, his books are, are appreciated by many, many oh, people. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure amazing. it's excellent. Um, but And I, I had criticized that initially, Riley, that I thought, that book's too sad. Like, I can't, why would I want to read a sad book like that? And then I started thinking about it. There was a book that I remember, and Taylor, I don't know if you read this, but you would have liked it, called Go Ask Alice. Which oh, was a, that book was brutal. I've read that. You've oh, read Go Ask Alice? I've read that. That book was an amazing, sad, dark, teen book. Yeah, I mean, it was so sad. Uh, written I by thought. Anonymous, right? Because yeah. it was like collected. Yeah. yeah. In theory, and I don't know, oh is gosh. that even true? Is that story like was it really con- collected from like writings and paper bags and stuff and put together into this kind of um, this really disorganized like stream of consciousness kind of journal thing? I would like by to someone who was, it was, yeah, yeah someone who was like a teenager like on drugs and but, yeah, no, I mean, but but either way, I mean, it's it's written very emotionally and believably, and that was like a teen experience that. Uh, certainly I don't think any of us had but and it kind of predated us I will say too. go ask Alice mm-hmm. was written a little bit yeah. before before our teen years but I know it was something that I really enjoyed and connected with and that was a very dark thing so the Earl and the Dying Girl is also a very sad book but it is also very good yeah it's also a movie also Perks of Being a Wallflower forgot about that one that's one of my favorites that Hermione's See, I, in I that right Hermione's in that yeah. movie okay yeah yeah it's all related. Yes. Oh, it's all it's related. All, there you go. <laughs> Full circle, everybody. <laughs> and we pulled it all back together. You know, now that we've cracked this case, I feel like a real Nancy Drew. There you go, Sydney. Now yeah. you're finally Nancy Drew. <laughs> I always wanted to be so badly, but she would just walk into places and pretend like she should be there. And all I could think was, 
I would just instantly look at everybody and go, I'm detecting. I don't really belong <laughs> here. I'm just detecting. I am detecting. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, I'm not who I said I was. The pluckiest, worst detective, Sydney Snow, <laughs> an autobiography. <laughs> I'm sorry for detecting in your private place. I didn't mean to detect so hard. <laughs> to be fair, walking into any place and pretending I should be there is my general modus operandi in life. Like, I'm supposed to be here. This is your job. I think I should be here. I don't probably should be here. <laughs> I envy that, Tay. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. <laughs> That's my life. I'm Pretending so I should be the places I am. <laughs> I'm so awkward when I'm like ordering a pizza. <laughs> yeah, you always want to pick the pizza places, even if you don't like them more, that order online so you don't have to talk to people. Exactly. Wait, Riley, you do that too, honey. I am a child. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> Well, one thing, and and I think I think we have fully covered what well, we have not even begun to scratch the surface of the wonder that is the world of reading and literature and books. Right. Let me just say that, yeah, because reading is fun, the mental. Ooh, <laughs> and that's your third strength. And, yes, and, well, and why are you listening to a podcast? Oh, that was some RuPaul. Yes. <laughs> why are you listening? It's why, all about RuPaul. <laughs> why are you listening to a podcast when you should be reading books anyway? Let me just say that. No wait, no, no, wait. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, but, but Thor, one thing, why did Thorgy Thor go home? I'm serious. But yeah, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say is that before before um, we do, because we, we may have to revisit books at some point, certainly comic books we've got to talk about at some oh, point. Please. But 90s you, Vertigo, please. I could talk for hours. <laughs> you sisters of mine never read any Judy Bloom, I don't think. No. And that is... A travesty. It is, is a crime it? Is against it? teenagers and uh, people coming of age everywhere. And yeah. I'm going to assign you some tales of a fourth grade nothing or something. Now, wait okay. a minute. If you okay. get to assign us books, I get to assign you all books. What are you okay. going to assign us? My favorite series, the uh, the Infernal Devices series. You don't have to read all three. That's a series. Read the first one. I'll read one. You don't have to read all three. You can read the first one. We'll read, okay. But after you I'll finish pick the a first Judy one, you'll want to read the, the last two. Okay, okay. All right, Riley's made her pick. I, I got to mm. pick my Judy Bloom. I got to find the, just the right one first. All right, Tay, what are you going to assign us? You know, I'm actually going to go with something that's a little, it's more on the newer side, but uh, I think you both would like it. And it's one of my most favorite, like, recent books. And that's John Dies at the End uh, by Ooh. David Wong, pseudonym for uh, Jason Pargin, I believe is his name. Um, is that a movie? It, there like is I've a movie. Don't movie. watch the movie first. The movie's great. The movie's fantastic. Oh, well, but the I book is even better. <laughs> I never showed you that movie, did I? Don't Christmas. don't worry about it. Shh, don't worry about it. Shh. Just read the book. Read yeah. the book. There's a sequel right. that's called we- This Book is Full of Spiders. Serious man, don't touch it. And if I have to sell you on anything else, that's no. That's, that's the name of the book. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've all got our reading assignments. Is this a book club now? <laughs> this is the don't weirdest think about book it. Club. Anybody that wants to join the still buffering book club. <laughs> Read these three books. <laughs> there you go. And don't think about it as summer reading or else you won't want to. Unless you like journaling books. In which case, should we journal these? I'm no. Not, no. You, no. I already have enough school going on, guys. I'm a grown up. I'm not going to journal a book. <laughs> I'm not All right. Gonna, well, no. 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 Well, thank you, sisters, hey, for hey. discussing books with me. What? No, no, no. No, this is, but, but can we all agree that books are cool? Yes. yes. Right. Reading books awesome. are cooler than most things. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like there's a really good John Waters quote that I I really love, and it's that if you go home with somebody and they don't have books, you don't hold hands with them. 
You don't there hold you hands go. with them. Don't hold that's, hands. That's I bet quote. that was the quote. That's a quote. <laughs> that's an important. That's an important quote. Yep. <laughs> Remember that, Riley. All right, I won't hold hands with anybody. <laughs> Thank you, sisters, for joining me on this show and talking about books. Thank you, everyone listening to our show, tweeting about our show at Still Buff. Thank you to everybody who has joined our Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, please come join it. If you haven't already, we will let you in. If you're not a robot. Yes. Then you are welcome to join us. Uh, thank you to the novellas for use of our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. And that's it. I yeah. Think that's all. That's all the thing. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks, Tay. Hey, happy to be here. For joining us. All right. And- yes. Okay. <laughs> this has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I was, was two. <laughs> that was so bad. Hi, I'm Brian Safi. And I'm Erin Gibson. And we host the Throwing Shade podcast. On Throwing Shade, we look at an issue important to ladies and an issue important to gay people, and then we basically make fun of it. Yeah, and just to answer your question, no, we don't have a marriage pact that if we don't get married by the time we're 30, we're going to do that with no, each other. No, that's true. Okay? Although we have each been divorced three times. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.